Welcome to Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. I'm your host, David Walsh. We've got a special guest joining us today, Michael Sewers, the CEO of Point Hacks. Now, Michael just went on a trip to Barcelona, and the trip itself is both impressive and ridiculous at the same time. Michael was intent to fly in business or first class the entire way using only his points and booked the entire trip three weeks out. We'll get into more details on the podcast itself, but he ended up being in transit for over 109 hours there and back. Well, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good this to be is here. Uh, like I've got four pages of notes here. This is <laughs> like there's a little part of me is impressed by just the sheer creativity of what we're about to talk about. And the other part of me is just just baffled that anyone would choose to do this. Um, but welcome. So uh, Michael Sewers, CEO of Point Hacks. Yes. Um, who are you? Oh, well, tough question right from the top. Yeah. <clears throat> who am I? Um, yeah, well, the short answer is obviously the CEO of Point Hacks have been for coming on to four years now. Yeah. Um, and what a business to be a part of. Um, what a team to lead. Um, business that really enjoys what they do, so passionate um, and a fantastic audience that we have. So a great, great challenge for me, something I really enjoy. Um, who am I? I am a, well, I'm married, two kids in, in high school and love to travel. Got yeah, a, you're a pretty big points enthusiast. Got a, got a fascination for the world. Yeah. Um, love reading about it, um, love experiencing it, love reading about people, cultures, history, um, and best way to learn about that is to experience it. So um, I've been fortunate enough to travel quite a bit in my career um, as well as personally uh, and have experienced a lot of amazing things. Yeah, I mean, you also love cruises, which is, uh, you know, with, sure, maybe not maybe not quite the, the frequent <laughs> flyer of the sea, but uh, you're, you're getting up there. Oh, cruises with kids in certain destinations can be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, we, so you had a trip to Barcelona recently, which... Um, which in and itself is, is kind of interesting, but the way that you got there and the way that you got back is very podcast worthy. <laughs> I'm counting here 109 hours worth of travel, yes. 109 hours worth of travel to get to Barcelona and back. How did like, well, I guess I, I won't, I'll let you tell your story. Why, why on earth did you spend over a hundred hours to get to and from Barcelona? Part of it's probably stubbornness, um, not wanting to. Uh, well, I guess the key thing here is like you <laughs> wanted to fly the whole thing Absolutely. in business class or first class on yep. your points, and you booked like three weeks out. Three weeks out, yep. Three weeks out, going into European summer mm. in the environment that we have at the moment, with not that many planes flying. To be perfectly honest, it is kind of tricky at the moment to find like. It's very like a frequent, a you know, a business or first class redemption, let alone a good one. Um, well, it's hard to get a paid ticket mm. at a reasonable price at the moment, um, particularly to Europe. Um, so to get one on on points um, is a lot harder than than uh, than it normally is. So it was a bit of a struggle, and we had to get pretty creative. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm looking at this itinerary. Yeah. Let's just let's just go quick blow by blow. So mm. you're flying from Melbourne to Barcelona. What were your legs? Well, there's a few. Um, so getting over there was was the hardest part. Um, yeah. Getting out of Australia is the hardest part. Um, sometimes when you you can get out of Australia, get to another location, it starts to get a little bit easier. Uh, and that's the the options we had to start taking. I had 
Qantas uh, I had an extremely helpful lady uh, out of the Hobart call center team um, who was helping me for about an hour and a half. Yep. Um, I had the uh, Singapore Airlines website up on the on the desktop at the same time. So I've got fortunately got a lot of Chris Fly miles as well. I mean, you are um, you are the CEO of Point Hack, so I expect you to have a few miles up your up your sleeve. Yeah, and there's there's a few of the uh, Amex MR ones as well that we could have drawn on <laughs> if we needed to. But um, but yeah, so we had to get creative, and yeah, one of the tricks to finding flights in this sort of situation is to almost ignore your departure city. Um, is there somewhere else you can depart from mm. that's close to where you are, and can you land somewhere that's close to where you need to go? Um, so. That was the flexibility that I needed um, and the flexibility that uh, I suppose for time. Um, yeah, I wasn't too bothered about how many flights I, it took to get there. Clearly. Um, yes, clearly, which you'll find out in a minute. Um, but I had another couple of restrictions. Um, one is I am tall. Um, yeah, six foot three, six foot four, traveling in economy long haul, not not a good experience. Yeah, humble brag, but okay. Well, yeah, it's a, a fact of life. And yeah. It, it can be an expensive fact of life sometimes too yeah. Um, because, yeah, you, you just can't do those long legs. Um, the other one is I had a middle-aged man accident a little while ago. Oh, and you, you did? Yes, had it with a, with a ladder and fractured my patella or the kneecap. Mm. Um, so bending my knee at the moment while that's healing for long periods of time isn't that comfortable. So was really determined to do the whole thing in, a, in premium cabins. Um, so, yeah, had the, uh, the Qantas consultant on the phone and workshopped a number of things and ended up with a quite a bizarre itinerary let's uh let's just let's get it out there starting in melbourne go melbourne to brisbane okay. so that was um domestic Qantas business of course you had to even get the, the domestic flight business of course yep so yep that one wasn't essential but there was a flight there so i just took it why not why wouldn't you why not um so i started with a simple you know two-hour flight there yeah um then got on to a singapore airlines ticket um, found my way from Brisbane to Sid uh, Singapore. Yep. Six-hour transit in Singapore. Um, yep. Not the worst airport to be oh, stuck in for a absolutely. while. Absolutely. Um, especially when the the Silver Chris Lounge is there. So that was that was good. Then went from this is where it starts to get interesting. So <laughs> then had to go backwards a little bit. Went from Singapore to Jakarta. Um, still on uh, on Singapore Airlines on the Chris Fly Miles. Yep. In their in their obviously in their business business class yep. business class. For yep. most of this. Yeah, from- that, that was all business class. Yeah. Um, Jakarta was a, a five-hour layover there mm. um, and some interesting stories we could probably talk about later about that experience. Um, and then jumped on an Emirates um, flight from Jakarta to Madrid via Dubai. Um, first leg of that was in business. Fortunately, I was able to get Emirates first class on the A380 for the, the leg from Dubai to Madrid. Um, so that was five flights I was in Spain, but wasn't quite in Barcelona. Um, could have taken a flight from there, but decided to take the last leg by train um, to Barcelona. So two and a half hours on the high-speed train. I tend to like train journeys. It gets you to see a little bit more in between the, the, the various cities. On a short hop like that was pretty good. Um, unfortunately, probably wasn't the best train trip. Not a lot to see between those two cities. Uh, I think one thing to add to the that entire sort of itinerary is that you know, the flights, it's a ridiculous amount of flights to get from yeah. Melbourne to, to Barcelona and train. Um, but there's like 23 hours worth of layovers in mm. there. Yeah. That's a full day. Yeah. And look, the location makes a big difference with that. Mm. Um, and the, the, the quality of the lounges that you can go into. So I mentioned before, Singapore, 
yeah, great place to be stuck. Fantastic place to be stuck. Um, Dubai, I was there for eight hours. Great place to be stuck, especially when you're flying Emirates out of Dubai. Um, so access to the and flying first class out of there as well. Um, so access to the first class lounges in Dubai, that time goes pretty quick as well. Um, probably the the one that got me the most was the the five hours in Jakarta. Um, yeah, what's the like? What, what's what's there to do? Uh, not a lot. Five hours. Um, I did try to improve that whole journey. Um, and here's a bit of a bit of a tip for for people: Singapore and Emirates were the two tickets that I had, and they don't have any sort of code share or alliance no, agreement they're quite, between quite, them. They're quite separate. Yeah, so typically you would have to um, go through customs, pick up your bags you know, through immigration and go and get your ticket um, at the check-in desk for the next flight and then go back in through through immigration. Um, but fortunately, Singapore and Emirates have a baggage agreement. So when I was in Brisbane checking into the Singapore flight, I asked the the check-in attendant there and said, can they check my bags the whole way through to Madrid? Um, she said that, yes, they could. Started taking a whole lot of uh, notes of my itinerary. Um, I noticed she was putting airport codes down. She put DUB down for uh, for Dubai. And I went, that's uh-uh. not quite right. Um, <laughs> Dubai's DXB. And uh, anyway, she had my flight numbers. So I thought, not a problem. When they put the flight numbers in, it'll pick up all the right cities. So got to Jakarta, um, thinking I could just go through the transit desk because I didn't have to worry about going through customs, picking up my bags and and so on. Um, The transit desk was closed. Um, So ended up having to go through the journey anyway. Uh, And being five hours in uh, at Jakarta, I really wanted to spend that in the lounge. Um, Didn't want to go through customs because then I'd be two hours waiting until the check-in desk opened and, and all those things. So the transit desk not being open complicated things quite a bit. Anyway, found my, found my way out, um, paid my 35 US dollars to get a, uh, a visa um, to go in and out. And then uh, when I was checking in at the Emirates desk, just did a confirmation to make sure that my bags were, were checked through properly. Yep. Good tip. Make sure you do it because um, their answer was, what bags? <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> ended up finding out that the bags were tagged through to Dublin. Well, I mean, DUB. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So at that point, I went, why did I not mention something yeah. when I saw her writing down the code? But anyway, um, it is what it is. And the service at Emirates was amazing. They went, found my bags. It was going around on the conveyor belt um, in arrivals. Uh, they, I obviously couldn't get back in there to go and get them. Mm. Um, so they went, found my bags and checked them all through to Madrid for me. So um, that was pretty smooth in the end. Well, I mean, do, do you feel like, I mean, my get... Obviously, one of the benefits of flying, flying first on that leg is, you know, they're, they're going to try and look after you. Yeah, which, absolutely. Um, and which, they did. Yeah, which is... They absolutely did. Um, so, that that was all good. Um, Jakarta Airport probably struggles a little bit with the heat and the air conditioning. Um, it was pretty hot in there. Were there many people there? Yeah, tons. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot. Um, it was quite a busy airport. Um, at least it was outside. Yep. Um, once I got through uh, and, and was looking for the lounge... Um, not so busy in there. Um, the lounge itself was quite hard to, to find. I was looking for the Aspire lounge. Um, the signage was pointing to somewhere that maybe the lounge used to be, but isn't anymore. Um, there, there was another lounge being constructed. Um, no one could tell me where it was. So I ended up just wandering and found it right at the end of one of the uh, the terminals. Um, and probably not the best lounge I've ever been in either. Ah, well, you know, 
you, you got to Barcelona in the end, right? <laughs> yeah, and look, as you know, working at Point, actually you get pretty spoilt sometimes with some of the lounges you go into. And um, so lounges you would otherwise have said years ago, oh, what a great experience. Um, you can get spoiled a bit by the oh, old ones you've been, yeah, been in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how, was your, how was your first class flight? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, best but, flight I've ever been on. Was the, the Emirates A380 is something special. Yeah, and look, the yeah, as well as the great suite that you're in and the, the service you get is amazing. The the food, the I've drink. Never, I've never been treated so well in my life. Oh, that the, when I was when I flew Emirates first class. Yeah, that that welcome drink of 2012 Dom Perignon. Yep. it all starts there. Yeah. Um, so look, service was amazing. Um, that ability to have a shower. So you booked in the shower. Oh yeah. I would have been very disappointed if you didn't book in the shower. Yeah, the the, the shower is just. The room itself is of a size you wouldn't believe. Um, you walk in there and you go, my God, this thing is genuinely big. Um, the shower cubicle itself um, is uh, an okay size, um, but the shower, the, the room, the bathroom is is amazing um, and a luxury you just wouldn't expect on a, on a plane. Such, it's such an odd luxury, isn't it? But it really just does feel luxurious because where else a do you have a shower on a plane? Absolutely. Like, I've never once really wanted a shower on a plane, but if I had the opportunity to have a shower on a plane, you know it would be the first thing I do. Yeah, and look, I'd had one in Dubai, yeah, um, in the lounge. Um, I didn't need one on there, but well, I don't know, Mike. Why well, wouldn't after you? A, after with fifty hours worth of travel in this in this first set, I probably need a few showers along the well, journey. Well, I'd had three. <laughs> <laughs> so, particularly in uh, in Jakarta, because it was pretty hot there. Um, but uh, it was just something you had to do. Um, and it is a great way to freshen yourself up at the end of a trip. Um, you, you get off feeling a lot better than what you otherwise would. Yeah. Um, so th- that was probably the thing that stood out the most. Well, I've got a, I've got a, yeah, obviously I've seen a, you sent me a great picture of yourself behind the, the bar on yes. that airplane, just gr- you know, grinning uh, yeah. immensely. Which Yeah, and look, the bar wasn't somewhere I spent a lot of time, to be perfectly honest. If I'd been in business class, I probably would have. Um, the first class suite, you're in there for... Well, I was in there for eight hours. Um, there was a lot to do. There your was own, a lot to eat. Little, your own little world. Absolutely. I didn't feel the need to get out. Um, no. But it is a good place to stretch your legs and have a bit of a chat. Mm. Um, and like anything with Emirates, the service is amazing. That's amazing. Again, as, yeah. I, as I said before, I'm sure it was similar to your experience. I've never been treated quite as well yeah. uh, on, a, uh, on, on a plane or maybe just in general as I have with the, uh, the Emirates, Emirates First staff. Uh, yeah. So... Fantastic. So, the, you mentioned that the train might not have been the best part of your experience. <laughs> what happened there? Oh, look, I said before I love train trips. There's, there's a lot to see. Yeah. Um, and it can be quite relaxing. This one, not a lot to see. Um, no? No, the, the centre of Spain can be quite arid. Um, a lot of rock, a lot of uh, villages and towns that had been abandoned. Mm. Um, so, it wasn't really a lot to see, uh, which was quite disappointing. So you get to Barcelona. How long were you in Barcelona for? Uh, four days. So I arrived on a Monday um, and left on the Friday. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was just for a work conference. Yep. Um, so that was about two days um, of that and meeting a few people and then had sort of a day and a bit to myself. How's, uh, how's Barcelona at the moment? Yeah, good. Um, I'd been there about eight years ago. Um, great city. Love, it's a great walking city, mm. um, especially if you're around that Gothic quarter. Lot to see, oh, do, lot of places very, to eat. Very beautiful yeah. architecture around there. Um, yeah, all the Gaudi um, architecture and so on. So, fantastic place, great climate. Um, 
so yeah, love love Barcelona, and it was as normal as it was when I was there eight years ago. Well, you didn't have to do a PCR test for any of this trip. No, no, just needed to be vaxxed um, and needed a, to fill out an entry form effectively to enter Spain. Yep. And then once you're in that European sort of Schengen zone, um, getting around from there is as easy as traveling domestically in Australia at the moment. Now, I assume you followed uh, you know, the advice that we give out all the time in this podcast, which is when you're going traveling, print out every form Keep possible. everything in paper. Physical forms. Yep. <laughs> but go to Officeworks, buy that cheap printer. <laughs> it is worth it. It's a, four, a $50 printer is worth worth the headache yeah i just kept a folio and kept a paper copy of everything yeah um and yeah pulled it out a number of times particularly the vac certificate um mm. that's the um the most important one because it, it's not recognized overseas in the various apps um the spain pass uh ended up in my apple wallet um so i had to print out just to be sure but yep. didn't really need that but the vax certificate was um was definitely one that had to be pulled out a few times so you went from barcelona so we had a great time I'm jealous. Um, and then a few days in Amsterdam? Yeah, I couldn't get the, f- the flights that I wanted to get home. Um, had to wait a few days and I had to go through Amsterdam or from Amsterdam oh, to get God, home. God forbid. Oh, I have to sh- come home from a work trip and I kind of, I, I have to, I, sorry guys, I have to stay in Amsterdam for three days. Terrible I, scenario. There's nothing yeah. else I can do about it. Yeah. There are no flights. <laughs> <laughs> and happened to be stuck there over the Queen's birthday weekend too oh, in Australia. So, oh. <laughs> um, great, great way to use the time. A um, little bit of background to my dad's side of the family are Dutch. Yep. I've never been to Holland. Um, so, it was a given I had to fly back out of Amsterdam, that was the flight that we could find. Um, it was a great place to, uh, to spend the weekend. Yeah, so. well, it's, on, it's on my list for next year. Oh, uh, be- your, beautiful city. Any highlights? Oh, th- the canals there are just spectacular. Yeah. Um, again, fantastic walking city. Um, or riding with the bikes. Um, I'd, I'd read a lot about Amsterdam, seen a lot about Amsterdam, knew it was a big bike city. Until you get there, you have no idea how many bikes. Like it, <laughs> it is staggering. It's As much as it's a great city to walk around, you also have to be paying attention all the time. Yeah. Because um, you can really quickly and easily get hit yeah. by a bike. Yeah. Um, they are everywhere. Um, but canal's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the time of year that I went was fantastic, about 20, 21 degrees, which is great for exploring. Beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the the most free I've felt since before COVID. Mm. Um, even getting on the plane, I flew KLM business class from Madrid to Amsterdam. Even the cabin crew weren't wearing masks. I was about to say, KLM, are a, so that was, that was pretty, not loose is the wrong word there, Um that was, that was relaxed. Relaxed. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the Dutch are pretty relaxed about things. Um, yeah. They've got a bit of a, uh, a, a name for that. Um, <laughs> and it was it was very relaxed on the plane. It was very relaxed in Amsterdam. Um, so you stayed for Amsterdam three days. Yeah. Um, and then the the trip back, correct me if I'm wrong, was, was longer than the... No, it was slightly no. shorter than shorter. the trip over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the trip home actually wasn't too bad. Um, once I'd found my way to Amsterdam... Uh, broke up the trip well there. That was a two-hour flight um, and stayed there obviously for three days. But the, that shortened the trip home. So it was just then Amsterdam, Dubai, Dubai, Colombo. And then that was all Emirates and then picked up a Sri Lankan Airlines flight uh, again on the Qantas points. Everything was on Qantas points other than those um, Singapore Airlines flights I spoke about on the way over. Um, and then flew business class Sri Lankan from Colombo to, to Melbourne. So you managed to, um, when you were in Dubai, you managed to get a, 
cheeky little entry into the uh, the Emirates First Lounge. Yeah, um, there and back. Yeah. So yeah. and there are a couple of first class lounges in Dubai Airport because it's big. Um, so on the way over, I went to the one on Concourse C, uh, which is the smaller uh, or one of the smaller ones. Um, fantastic experience. Again, great service. Um, food, unbelievable. Um, so that that was really good. And then, but coming home, uh, went into the one in Concourse B, mm. um, much bigger. It seems to take up a whole floor of the terminal. Um, it, it just goes on and on and on. So on the way over, I got access through the first class ticket that I had. With yeah, you, like, you know, in the same way that, you know, I if, if, if I had a ticket, I could have got in. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, on the way home, um, I'm fortunate enough to have um, platinum status with Qantas. Uh, which gets me into the first class lounges as well, regardless of the ticket. So it's a great, great perk to have. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, got in on the on the way home. Um, I only had two hours uh, as a transit on the way home, uh, rather than the eight hours on the way over. So I couldn't spend as much time in there, um, but was grateful for that by the by the time. Well, I mean, yeah. you, cert- you certainly made up for that you know, that shorter transit in Dubai with your next layover. Well, yeah, you spent six a sixteen hour layover in Colombo Airport. Yeah, it ended up being 17 because uh, we boarded an hour late. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth did you do for 16 hours? 17 hours. This was the part of the trip I was the most worried about. Mm. Um, I've got to admit, heading over there, um, just going, what on earth am I going to do? Um, best thing I did was check in for 12 hours into the transit hotel. Yeah. That's there. Um, Smart. It was a great idea. I had a lot of work I needed to catch up on. Um, so I yeah booked in for 12 hours. It cost me around $250, um, but was well worth it. Um, that, that was well appointed, good air conditioning, um, was quiet, um, just a place I could sit there and put my head down and, and get some work done. And before I knew it, that 12 hours was, was up. Then went into the, uh, Sri Lankan air lounge, um, which is an old Emirates lounge. So it was pretty good quality. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, service was good because there was no one in there. Um, no one in the lounge, no one in the airport in general. Both. Both. Yeah. And look, I, I haven't been through Colombo Airport before, so I don't know whether that is typical, um, but they are having a lot of political and economic issues in, in Sri Lanka at the moment. Um, there wouldn't have been a plane probably going every two hours. Um, so not a lot of people around uh, in, in the airport. Uh, other than when there was a flight yep. uh, about to depart or, or arriving. So, um, yeah, a bit of a struggle for them at the moment, unfortunately. And one of those struggles meant that we the plane had to divert through southern India on the way home to get to Melbourne uh, rather than go direct to pick up fuel. Mm. Um, so that sort of added a little bit to the trip, but um, given the, the circumstances that they have over there, it's not a, not a big impost. Yeah, and, you know, you flew business. So absolutely, yeah, <laughs> always. Um, and it was a pretty, pretty empty business class, too. Yeah. Um, look, three. There were three of us um, out of twenty odd seats. Oh, that's very empty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said, shame to see. Yeah. Because um, Sri Lanka was a great place. I had a great experience there, um, and their business class was absolutely fine. Um, definitely nowhere near the the worst business class I've ever flown. Um, not quite the level that you'd get from a, an Emirates or Singapore Airlines or or, or that like, um, but very, very good still. Yeah. Um, so how many points did you use for this triple up? Yeah. Well, it ended up being not as many as I thought it could have been. 
more than what I was hoping when I started booking. Um, but uh, it was, in the end, it was 344,000 Qantas points. Um, so that was for all the Emirates legs and the Sri Lankan Airlines legs. Um, and that included the first class flight. Um, so not too bad there. And then 90,000 Chris Fly miles on top of that to to get through to Jakarta via Singapore from Brisbane. Yeah. So- um, and that was, um, that was using the advantage fares, not the saver fares. The... Otherwise, it would have been, I think, about 65,000 points. Um, but there weren't any of the save affairs available. Well, I mean, you were booking, you know. Last minute. Last minute. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's pretty incredible that you managed to get this, this itinerary done at the last minute in this environment anyway. Well, I was told at the start that it wouldn't happen. <laughs> so that <laughs> straight away gets the, uh, the the challenge. Oh, I've worked with you long enough to, to know that that would, that would trigger. That would trigger me. I'd go, yeah, oh. okay, yeah, sure, this wouldn't happen. You told me I can't? Yeah, you just watch. I do this for work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a bit of effort to get there uh, and a, a bit of a strange itinerary as you as we've just gone through um, and I did get laughed at when I was checking in um, the checking counters were going you're doing what? <laughs> Why? Mean, devil's advocate here how much would it have cost you to just try and book and pay for a business class ticket there and back? You know someone asked me that two days ago um, it was actually Keith the founder of Point Hacks yeah. um, who we still work with he's a yeah, great guy and he asked me the same question I said you know what? I have no idea. It didn't even cross your I mind. I was that <laughs> determined to solve the problem of, you know what? I am going to get there on points and I'm going to do it in nothing but business and first. Um, you told me I can't do it. Well, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll yeah. show you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you landed. You, you landed after 50 hours worth of travel and you had to jump on a domestic flight to Sydney for a work function straight after. Yeah. I'd, seven o'clock at night, I got home. Um, haven't seen the family for... Yeah, 11 days. Yeah. Um, spent, out of those 11 days, spent five of it in transit. Um, only six days on the ground. And uh, first thing the next morning, was back on a plane to <laughs> to Sydney for a, a work um, event. So, did, did you at least get business on that domestic flight? Or was that a... I didn't. Oh. No, I didn't. Um, generally, I just go to Sydney in economy. No, of course. I mean, um, I, I, it, it's a short... most people, I, 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 I am the same. Um, yeah, it's a it's a short leg. Yeah, um, you can you can cope with that. And I just thought you would have kept it rolling given the uh, the the numerous flights you've done in business or first in this you know extended period of time. Yeah, no, I must have been when I was on the plane. I was sitting there going, what is "Maybe this? I should have." Yeah, what is this? I could have been <laughs> up the front. It's you do get spoiled. I mentioned that before with some of the lounges that we we tend to visit. Um, I've never been spoiled by first class before. Yeah. And even that, you then take a business class flight in your next flight, and you go, "What is this?" So, out of the whole lot, what was the like? What would you say was the highlight? Um, oh, first class Emirates. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, level of service I've never experienced before. Shower in the sky. Um, yeah, what a way to, what a way to travel. Yeah, absolutely. And what was the the toughest bit? Jakarta. Jakarta. Yeah. Um, not. Yeah, nothing against Jakarta Airport. It was a yeah, it was a well fitted out airport. Um, it was just the length of the journey. Yeah, and bit of bit of circumstance as well. The circumstance where the baggage didn't go through, the transit desk was closed. Well, the fact you had to get a visa um, to get out to go and check in again, just to get my bags and mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, but that that experience would have been a lot better if we'd managed to get the right airport code into the. Uh, and the transit desk had been open. I guess that's a that's a, a cheeky little tip there. Uh, don't assume that because someone writes something down that it's correct. No. Yeah. No. Um, double check, especially when things 
can make a, an error like that can make a big difference to you, to yeah. your experience. So would you recommend anyone doing this? To the right person, yes. Yep. Um, to that stubborn individual who has a good chunk of points. And, yeah, and look, and the, time. The, the itinerary was long. Um, the stopovers were what made it longer. Um, that was absolutely... If you could reduce those layovers, um, that would be a, a great tip. Um, I've done long trips before in economy with kids. Uh, we went to Vancouver, had a 30-odd hour transit there. That was a hell of a lot harder. Oh, I bet. Than a fifty-nine hour door-to-door transit from. I'm about to say we're trying to, to Barcelona. I'm, I'm, we're trying to paint this as a like it's 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 quite a polar trip in one sense. We're saying oh, it's a very long trip, yeah. but on the other hand, the whole thing was a business or first class. Absolutely. You, yeah, you, you're getting pampered the whole time. <laughs> um, so yeah, whether you're in a, a premium cabin or you're in a premium lounge, um, there's no better way to travel. Yeah. Um, so that that makes that experience a hell of a lot easier. Mm. Um, so really it was just some of those long layovers. Yeah. I mean, would you do it again? Can... Yeah, I would. Yeah, I know yeah. you would. Yeah. I know you would. Um, you, you're where, like, even though this trip was ridiculous and I look at it and I just, I think it was just ridiculous. <laughs> you're wearing this like a badge of honor as you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would do that over a, yeah, if I'd had to spend eight to 16 hours in economy, mm. um, yeah, I, I wouldn't change what I did. Yeah, you should see. I, you know, it's a shame I can't capture the look on your face when you said that on this podcast yeah. because, you know, a picture says a thousand words there. Yeah, and look, this is this is what we do. Um, we, The biggest talking point I've had out of this trip is how I got there and how I got back. Um, there's stories to tell. There's experiences that were had. Um, yeah. That's what this is all about. Well, I was about to say, with, with the, um, you know, with this trip in particular, the trip kind of was the, the trip was the trip, if that makes sense. Like, you know, Barcelona kind of happened to be, just happened to be where you need to get to. But yeah. you know, the the story is the flying. Yeah, as it as it usually is. Um, we always joke about those barbecue conversations you have with friends, and yeah, you say, "Where did you? you know, what have you done lately?" And said, "Oh, yeah, I went to Europe. Went business class." Do they ask you about Europe? No, no, no. The questions are all about you went business class. Wow, what was it like? Um, it, it, you can really turn an otherwise dull part of the trip into something amazing. Oh, especially when you're using points. Yeah. You know, um, it is a, there's just that inherent feeling of winning yep. that you get, which is, uh, it's kind of hard to describe it until you've done it yourself. But once you've done it, you get it. Absolutely. And then you yeah. get addicted to it. And then you... And it's hard to go back. And then, you, you, then you're the CEO of Point Hacks. <laughs> <laughs> So, Michael, it's been an absolutely, you know, fantastic chat. It's uh, this is definitely one of the meteor trips that I've, uh, I've had the pleasure of discussing on this podcast. We've got a few more experiences coming up that we'll be sharing, you know, throughout the course of the year. I'm hoping, for the sake of our staff, none of them quite as long and intricate as this. Um, but you know, that, it just depends how you're feeling on the day, right? If someone, uh, if someone's, uh, you know annoying you a little bit like, oh yeah your, your next trip or you're gonna you're gonna see just how long we can travel before you need to get home you know what most of our content writers would dream of Actually, a trip this like is, that this is true yeah if we yeah. if we gave one of our writers here is a is a, a 200 hour itinerary <laughs> that's right in their <laughs> this, wheelhouse like this is a this is an 11 day 11 day trip but you never sort of stop anywhere yeah, yeah they they'd be all over that oh, particularly the solving the puzzle yeah 
Yeah. The mix and match. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they eat that stuff up. Well, we've got um, some great content coming out on Point Hex that dives into a lot of specifics uh, of this trip and also, you know, dives into some, you know, tips and advice around how you, if you wanted to take, you know, a similar trip yourself or let's be honest, components of this trip um, and, you know, how you could apply that with, with your points. Um I, I'm sure we'd, we'd probably both agree that as time goes on and more flights, you know, are in the skies and things open up more over the next year or so, we're going to see, you know, things get easier than this. I'm sure, like, I know, Michael, you were battling against just, you know, to a degree, a lack of planes in the yeah. air when trying yep. to get this done. Um, so it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I'm sure we'll put that photo of you up in your first class uh, behind the bar on the <laughs> on the website with your articles. Um, but looking forward to having you back soon. Yeah, loved having the chat. Loved talking stories. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>